0: Hi, it's Brian. Welcome back to Heart to Heart. Mark and I had the pleasure of speaking with talent manager, Selena Shoops. Breaking conventional norms of success, Selena has shown that you don't have to follow the standard path to make it big. From her travels around the world and exposure to diverse cultures, she has a wide worldview that allows her to empathize with artists on a deeper level. Selena's insights are a goldmine for any actor looking to pursue long-term success in Hollywood. Before you listen, you've got to grab our Backstage Pass because it is packed with Selena's top tips, insider advice, and additional resources that will give you a competitive edge. You can grab the Backstage Pass by going to podcastbackstagepass.com.
1: Nothing by accident. Yeah. Okay, so today, this quote comes comes to me, not from me, from a friend of mine, and I was thinking about our podcast. So this quote is from Robin Williams. And he mm-hmm. says, my people don't pretend to be depressed. They mm-hmm. pretend to be fine. Yeah. Now, this has nothing to do with the podcast, Selena, but what it did have to do it with. Does.
2: Have you met with, actors? <laughs> well, <laughs> well,
1: actually, though, but what it does have to do with the reason why I specifically got excited about today mm-hmm. is there have been countless times when we've met from you being on an agent manager panel. Mm-hmm. Okay? So. This is good for Selena's cousin here. Normally on the panel, you've got like these people who take their jobs and I understand very seriously. Oh, I know. And as a result, they're at this long table that actors are just about to go in front of and put their work in front of. And it can be very heavy and very serious. Intimidating. So what I say to Brian is, ooh, that two o'clock panel, Brian, that's real. You know what? We gotta get Selena for that <laughs> one Because I always <laughs> say, hey,
2: how are you? Selena, not only, you Selena,
1: know, you break the ice. You break the ice. So my leading question to today is where does that come from? Because it is such a nice thing that, like I said, you're strategically
2: planned on where we're going to put you. I recognize it. I was telling her about Jerry and that we're always put on panels together because Jerry can be very, he can be very serious, but he's so much fun. fun. And so you can get him going. Like he's like, cause he's like, I I I I call him Grandpa Cherry. He's the kindest, most fun individual, but it's like sometimes you just got to break it up. Let's have some fun. Like everybody forgets, like this is fun. So (laughs) is that from the
1: farm? Where's it from?
2: Where does that come from? That doesn't just come out of nowhere, Selena. The Robin Williams quote is very interesting because it really, I was telling somebody this the other day, an actor, I was like, comedy is one of those things that comes from lot of internal struggle and pain and figuring out how to like lighten things up and how to get through things, right? Like, especially personally, I've had a lot of loss. And so for me, it's like, okay, how do I get through that? How do I, because coming into a situation, people don't know who you are. They don't know what you bring. They're looking at just the, everybody has their own internal like struggle, insecurities. And so when I come into a situation my first thing is to break the ice. I want to see like who this person is, and sometimes to be able to like get people to open up and be more relaxed, you just got to show them yours. So I spent a year in living in a Buddhist temple in Tokyo. I was five years old. I had grown up traveling. My mom was a translator, so she spoke I think five languages: Japanese, French, Spanish. Uh, little bit of Russian because she had grown up with my grandmother going all over the world. She My grandmother was a teacher and she would take her sabbatical and take my mom all over the world. So I think by the time I was three months old, I had been on a plane. I was very familiar with travel. And your dad wasn't there? My dad is Belgian. So oh, I spent yeah. my summers in Belgium and then traveling all over Europe and lived in a very small town in central California where it was people that sometimes never left the town their whole lives. So I'd be off traveling Europe and people, oh, where'd you go to the, you know, for the summer? Oh, Sacramento, uh, you know, Italy, <laughs> Paris. <laughs> yeah, we talk. grew up living kind of all over the world and living in this Buddhist temple when I was five. Like I remember the Buddhist monks would get up at five in the morning and they would beat the drums and they would chant. And I'd be, you know, I was a Michael Jackson fan. So I was, and they da I had a very interesting childhood and going back to what I was saying earlier about my family having a history of fighting for freedoms and paving the way for diversity and being a very early part of that I kind of grew up with like how am I going to honor that how am I going to And I got into UCLA. Again, my dad was an engineer. You just need a, you need a degree, need a degree. I don't care what it's in. You need a degree. So sociology and ethnic studies, and really was able to have some incredible education in a very creative way, but also kind of have that in the back of my mind. Like, How am I going to honor that? How am I going to make a difference in the world? And especially with the way things are now and kind of everybody... Claiming diversity, it's a really important thing for me to be able to really impact it in a real way, to be able to not put somebody in something because they fit slot ABC, but to really be able to change the game in a way that does make a difference for the next generations. I grew up, like I said, singing and wanting to be creative and loving creative energy, but really not finding a place where I felt like I fit because. I didn't want to be a performer. I had stage fright every time I would get up to sing and I'd be like, this is torture. I do not enjoy this. But I loved being around that energy. So when I came out to UCLA and I interned in casting, I interned in development, I worked at Universal Motown for nine months and realized I hated the music business. Wow, I was gonna ask you that because you you know you started singing and everything like that. Why didn't you go into the music end of things? That was the first internship I had. As soon as I got onto UCLA, I got an internship there and I was like, oh, done, boom, made it. And I worked there and I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. What turned you off? <sighs> the music business. Let's just say that me too, if it ever comes to the music business, game over. Game. It's literally like ground zero. Like it is the through line of the business it's just it's, gross. it's, yeah, gross. it's okay. gross and there are people that i worked later at overbrook and one of the you know with will smith and james lassiter's company and ended up working with robin thick who is lovely and enjoyed working with him but the business of music is just it's business right and when you <laughs> love something it's hard to kind of watch it be bastardized in that way
1: it's business, Lena. but I remember I tipped at uh, ICM in the
2: music department. Mm-hmm. Mariah
1: Carey, like they would in her dressing room. She would demand like a certain color oh, m Oh, I yes. couldn't, I mean, I heard these stories. I just didn't believe
2: it. Where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: she's not the only one, right? Like it's, that's the way it's it a is. Through line.
2: It's a through line. But that's also the way that I learned my management style, right? It's I watched people. In the business, I watched From Aimlist on down. You know, I really took note of the way people behaved and how it felt to me. And I used to feel like, oh, I've had people tell me, Oh, you're too nice to be a manager, or you're too honest. <laughs> I never knew that was a, a tick against me until I came to LA. But what I realized is, okay, that may be true for some people. There may be things that other people feel are weaknesses. And coming into the business, like I remember when I first started my company, I used to take meetings at Starbucks because I had no money. I put probably $10,000 on my credit cards to just be able to start my company. This is the beginning of marquee entertainment. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It was a process where I I remember just being, taking meetings with people and, and being like, oh my God, like, you know, people kept telling me, oh, get office space at Paramount, get office space here. You know, you can do one of those WeWork things. And I was like, if someone's going to sign with me because I have a fancy office, that's not necessarily going to be the people that are going to invest in me as much as I'm going to invest in them. So the people that I signed at the Starbucks or Aroma cafes where or, you know yeah. coffee and tea is where I signed the majority of my people. And it was at a time where everybody had office space and everybody was paying through the nose and basically just putting things on credit cards for the appearance. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that because I don't have the means to do that. And it's funny because now everybody's doing that. I remember when I started, there were agents who would come to me and be like, yeah, you know, I want to send you clients, but nobody's going to sign with you if you're signing at Starbucks. I was like, okay. But
1: you broke the rules and that's how you get things. when not having to follow the sheep.
2: And now everybody's doing it. And it's like, and and I remember people used to like question my legitimacy and I was doing the same things as the other managers was doing. And it created for me longevity because I wasn't putting out more than, I mean, I was putting out more than I had (laughs) because I had nothing, (laughs) but I look at those same people and I remember I would look at people and be like, man, sucks. Like even when I left the company I was at for so long, I hired an intern and she ended up taking the majority of the clients that I had worked and developed and done all these things for. And I'm looking at billboards of these clients that she has. And I had people come to me. Oh, did you work for da da?" da? No, I didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember I'm crying. Like how, how is this fair? But it's also, there's a lot of people that I looked at that. I was like, oh man, they're doing so well. And some of those people are not even in the business anymore. But it it's funny the way the world works. Lady. Where there's a will, there's a way. And karma, she mm. is a beast and I love her. <laughs> That's a really good one. That's a, yeah. I tell people, look, I take a petty moment. I don't allow myself to live there, but I take a petty moment where I'm like, you know what? All right. All right, now, I see you,
0: Karma. <laughs> those people that you say, you know, they're not even the, in the business anymore, are they mainly actors or are they like go reps? I'm talking
2: reps. Because that's
0: something that we've noticed is there's high turnover and for someone like you to be in it for so long, it's not an easy feat. It's You've had to go through these obstacles.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, still recognizing it. There's companies I've met with that have one not that long ago. One of the first questions they asked me, and by the way, it wasn't even a meeting meeting. It was a, Everybody knows I'm really happy on my own, but I'm always like, Hey, I'm always happy to meet people and let's see how it goes. You know, one of the first questions they asked me, who would you go after? I was like, Oh, poach. Well, just who, who do you have your eye on? Okay. Poach. I don't poach. Oh, why do you think you haven't had that thing yet? That big booking. And I was like, well, look, I just went to the critics choice awards with a client who literally her first lead in a film. The movie went to Critics' Choice. It went to, they were pushing for an Emmy nom, like first movie. And I said, and I not only made it through the pandemic, but have made more and more and more money every year. And that was actually what stopped me from going to a company because it's like, even psychologically, people will tell you, oh, well, things get tough. Like, isn't it good for you to have some backing? Isn't it good for you to have support? Sure. But also it comes with a lot of other things that I'm just not willing, to, you know, I don't do politics. I don't do company politics. I don't wanna to have to compete against people that are working together. So I found it better to just find allies in the industry that I can trust, that I can be like, hey, because it can be very isolating, but I'm also a quality, not quantity type of person. So I'm like, if I have a couple friends in the industry that I can ask honest questions to, I'm lucky. And I also feel like it's really important to never stop asking questions. And I think that's what is hard for a lot of people in the business is and with all these trends and all these, what I've realized is trends don't change anything, not long-term, not in the way that's lasting. If you get caught up in like, oh, only sign this or only sign this, or you're losing already because it's about investing in quality people instead of looking for the next best thing. Because if you're looking for the next best thing, so are the clients and that's been a, a lesson as well as like letting people go, even when you've put in years and, and a lot of energy and a lot of, a lot. What's meant for you is meant for you. So, and even on the client side, I say like, there's no competition, really, truly. There's only one of you. So the only person you're competing against is yourself. And if you're telling yourself that there's all this competition, you're getting caught up in the wrong thing. It's how can I be the most and the best version of me, period. Like, I can't compete with the big management companies. I can't, but I can provide what I provide, which is, again, the things that everybody said were going to hurt me are the things that I think probably define me as a manager. I lead with kindness because it's all I know and honesty.
0: Hey, it's Brian. I'm dropping in on an important announcement. What you need to know is you have more control over your career than you think. The thing standing between you and the career you want is your connections. And that's where One on One Next Level comes in. If you are not a member yet, you can apply to join at oneonononextlevel.com. Press pause and do that now. If you are already a member and you are ready to get back on track, We want to invite you to book a strategy session with us, led by myself personally. We will help you prioritize which classes make the most sense, given your career goals. You can find these under the resource hub in your account portal. We can't wait to hear your success story.
1: One of the phrases I always use is Maya Angelou always says, comparison is the thief of joy. You're also all about like not worrying about what other people do. So your clients... You find that because it's so easy, you hear this all the time. You know, you you want to convey to the client that they shouldn't have to try to do what they think others should do. Do you run into that a lot with actors who who you represent?
2: Absolutely. Insecurity is the main thief of joy. It really is. And everybody does it. Actor or you can't help it. Myself as well. I have to check myself all the time. And again, even back to what I said earlier about kind of earlier about showing my belly. It's like I'm gonna make myself vulnerable to people and be like, look, we're human. It's impossible not to get caught up in the comparisons and the. But I already check myself, like, stop it, stop it. You get to go to a lunch. You get to. And if you lose, okay, you lose. You keep going. And at the end of the day, I always ask myself, okay, when I get caught up in a place of like insecurity or like, oh God, what if this is, means this? And I'll literally ask myself, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? What is the thing I'm most scared of? Okay, if that happens, what is that change? Nothing long-term. In the short-term, sure, it hurts. It's, but, yeah, it's just you keep going. You keep going with anything. I mean, maybe that's where the stalls come in, right? At the end of the day, you got to get the stall clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, as a testament to you, I mean, I've known you for like seven years coming here. And we've had, you know, so many stories, including the <laughs> birthday story. Mark's time,
2: time is the best. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> came on the wrong day and I was just like, horrified. Both of our faces, yeah. his
0: face was like, and I was like. She was coming oh, up the stairs and I was just like, you're supposed to be here tomorrow or something like
2: the confusion that. I saw immediately <laughs> and I was like, oh God. Because, oh, you
0: know, God. we have such calm energy when we do panels here. <laughs> well, That's just so the prep. Sad.
2: But
0: I still remember, like, you know, I would sit in on the Q&As and you spoke about how trends change. And one thing I remember about you, because Selena just did multiple of our advanced industry workshop panels last month, is the genuine advice you give to actors today is really the same as it was seven years ago. You're not like some other people who are talking about TikTok or Snapchat oh or web series, or maybe seven years ago, it was like web series, or whatever, whatever oh, it was, <laughs> seven, seven, <laughs> you're not a shapeshifter. And like what you see is what you get. And I think at least from our end, like we get, Sometimes reps who request that they be on a panel with you, they go, can you like put me with Selena? She really knows how to make the actors feel good. She knows how to end things. We actually kind of like emulate now our spiel about like, hey, do it this way. It's like, how do you, but I'm sure when you're sitting there and other people are talking and they're so confident, like you must have 3 million TikTok followers or seven years ago, you must frame your headshot this way, or you must do this, whatever, like a slate shot or, you know, stuff like that. How do you tune that out? Because I feel like so much of not just this industry, but this town is about chasing trend, chasing the next
2: shiny thing. I wanna give a very PC answer, but the truth <laughs> is, easily. I mean, I remember there was an agent at one of the mid-level bigger agencies years and years ago, and he had a, he had gotten a copy of like all, a list of like all of the up and coming like influencers. And he goes, do you want to go in in on any of these with me? Like, let's go sign some influencers. And I was like, (laughs) but they can't act. (laughs) Like, and look, I think it's something that you can use like anything else. I think because then there was this big trend of like people like, oh, I'm going to be an influencer. And it's like, no, it doesn't really work like that. You find something that you're good at and then you use it. It's a business. It's a, but it doesn't translate into successful acting careers. And that's even like the model trend, right? Like everybody putting and I will tell, you know, a couple models where I'm like, look, it's hard because you're getting a lot of money to just show up and be pretty and not to stand out, right? Like just to kind of play your role. And with acting, it's completely different. You have to use different muscles. You have to, I even have a really hard time when models are doing headshots, which seems counterintuitive, but it's because they're put in a place where just sit there and be pretty, show off whatever you're supposed to be showing off. Don't stand out, right? And acting is about finding your niche, finding what makes you special, finding, you know, it's like you say, Robert De Niro. And you know what's coming to the table. You know, there's variation, but you know what you're getting, right? So it's like, I would look at the trends and I'd be like, yeah, but how long I went to then when you're bringing singers into the industry, right? And you know, there's some that like, great. And then there's some where you're like, please stop. Please stop. Because it takes away from brilliant actors who are training, who are working, who are just in there doing the job, Right. And it's, I mean, all the trends, you know, when UK and Aussie actors were coming over and taking our jobs. And it's like, well, they're all classically trained. They can step into anything and kind of be, right? And so you have these people like, but I've been spending all my time becoming an influencer. Well, maybe you should spend time in class. Like, uh, <laughs> it's right. like being a bodybuilder and being like, I just started at the gym. I'm going to be a killer bodybuilder. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. so you, you should see the original one-on-one had two doors. To you walk up these steps, and the one door led to the studio, which yeah. was the couches, and and the other door was to the office, and that was locked. Okay. So the one door to the studio had a sign, one-on-one, yeah. and was very apparent. The other store had no. The other door had no sign. Only on the model day castings would, the door with no sign, you would constantly yeah. hear tugging to try to get in. And it was the only day that ever happened. So it's really, and, and I had a philosophy on that, and I don't wanna get this away from you, is that their whole lives, models have been like kids carrying their books from school. Yep. What can I do for you? Yep. They've always been the pretty one. So they never had to develop yeah. that
2: part yeah. that, Everyone has to learn. Like the door
1: with the sign is the one you go in with.
2: And the people that I have that honestly have really kind of approached this and had been able to create lasting careers are the ones who are athletes. I have people that went to law school I Have people that went to medical school. And it really is because they approach this as a business. They approach this. It's the discipline. It's that I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to work on it. Whether it's, I was telling some of these students yesterday, like to be able to do well in this, you have to approach it. First of all, you have to love it. You have to want to do this. You have to want to do the lunches. You have to want to go to class. You have to want to always be developing acting class, watching things, going to theater, going to always be, it's like anything you want to be. You've got to do the groundwork. You've got to really find a way to love it. Even when it is business, even when it is hard, I just feel like too often people get very caught up in the stories of Hollywood, right? Like, Oh my God, I was, someone saw me walking in the mall and all of a sudden I'm an A-list (laughs) actor. That is the biggest load of BS. Ever. Like it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. The people that you hear about making it, it's people who've been doing it for six years, five years, 10 years, and just add it, add it, add it. Right? Even the models, right? Like people say, oh, Charlize Theron. Mm -hmm. Charlize Theron is a hustler, Mm -hmm. a hustler. And Sandra Bullock, wasn't she originally? I think so. Denzel Washington starting on a soap. Like, and then people get in this thing like, oh, I don't want to do a soap, or I don't want to do this, or I don't want to do that, or I want to, you know, passing, or da-da-da. I'm like, don't, don't. Everything is an opportunity. And there are no, you know, I've had people say, oh, well, can't you get stuck on soaps? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't think so. I think that it's really about... Any path, any job, you can turn it into something that's either a learning experience or a credit. Again, the client that I had that went to the Critics Choice Awards and all these, it was a lifetime movie. Back to the soup Alec Baldwin, Meg Ryan, they all start, you know what I mean? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's about what you bring to it. It's yes. about, and that's the thing is like watching the people that I look at that I'm impressed by is the people that have started in these things that like, you know, everybody would be like, oh, you're not going to do anything. And I love. And this is embarrassing. I probably shouldn't admit this, but I've been going back and watching Supernatural because it's just something where I remember Jensen Eccles being on Days of Our Lives. And yes, I watched Days of Our Lives briefly. Now he's on the boys. And watching that, again, that's bucking every major kind of, oh, you know, don't do soaps, right? Don't do CW. Don't do... it's wonderful to watch. Someone who and it's brilliant. It's smart. It's funny. It's like comfort food. It's kind of silly and kind of but it's good and it's entertaining. And it's really just watching people who really just get in there and do the work. They don't worry about like and maybe they do, I don't know. But I think people who get too caught up in like the appearance of what they're doing is like you've already lost. It's really just getting in there, taking the opportunities. Sure, there's definitely things to pass on and things to, you know, but it's case by case. And it's also just really trusting that people who've been in this long time can kind of figure out the pitfalls, figure out like, okay, that doesn't seem like it's something that's going to be beneficial. But it's also, you know, I have a client who's been working for 10 years straight. And one of the things that differentiates her is every time there is an opportunity, she looks at everything. And it's even sometimes where I'm like, you could pass on that. And she'll find something where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. And it's a collaboration where it's like, I trust her to kind of know what's good for her. She trusts me to kind of advise and even it out. Every time she books something, we think each other. I'd send her a start gift and she'll send me a gift. And most of the time it's something sleep related because we're like, I'm just tired. (laughs) Even yesterday, she's on a series and she sent me a picture of her chair and she's like, I'm just reflecting on how much we've accomplished together. And that attitude is what keeps me, I'm still a fan. I step on a set every time and I get goosebumps because I'm like, this is the start or this is the progression or this is the culmination of hard work and all the late nights and early mornings and the BS and the crying and the (laughs) (laughs) drama and the happy moment. Like it's just, this is what we work for. And I always say to clients, everybody I speak to, it doesn't get, Easier, it just gets different. There's always challenges. There's always people, all the people you look up to, they look up to someone else. They look up to someone else and are like, man, I'd love to have that. The people I have on soaps, they look at, oh, I wanna be on network TV. The people on, people on BET, I wanna do this. I do... Everybody that you wanna emulate, they have someone they wanna emulate. And that's the thing, too. This is a business of people, <laughs> sociology. They were like, when are you ever going to use that? Every damn day.
1: <laughs> and the influence you had from an early age with the Buddhist thing.
2: I came from a family of atheists. So it was also like at a very young age. I mean, our, our moms were very similar in the way they raised us. Like, go out and see what you want. Go out and see who you are. Go out and decide who you are. And I think it was a really good way to grow up in certain situations because we had a confidence. We had a lot of choice. There was a lot of like, decide who you are, figure out what you want. People ask me, are you religious? I'm spiritual. I pull from everything. My spirituality is go out and be a good person. At the end of the day, you have to go to bed and be able to sleep at night and decide what that is. You know, I think people's gut should check them. I think when people do, can I say yes. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When people do shitty things, that karma does come back. And I have watched it in this business People that I'm like, wow, how do they keep getting away? And then smack.
0: Yeah.
2: Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a small town and word travels and reputation really is everything.
2: Brian and I, we had, there was a, yeah. And and it comes back and I just, and I take a petty moment. I allow myself a petty moment. Ah, okay. Okay. I see you. I see you. you. Yeah. Validated even. It's just sometimes you, there's so many shitty things going on that you're just like, Am I crazy? A lot of my calls to colleagues and to, am I crazy? Is this, really? <laughs> A lot of really?
0: Hey folks, Brian here. Mark and I often cringe when people call one-on-one Next Level a workshop studio because we are so much more than that. You and I both know that not all workshop studios are the same, and I can tell you with complete confidence that no other studio offers the same level of care or programming that we do, and we do so with pride. Here's just a few examples.
2: I'm Emily, and before one on one next level, I was in a super dark place in my career. I tried a lot of things to find representation, but nothing seemed to work, and I felt invisible. Then, almost as a Hail Mary, I signed up for a manager session. It was incredible, but it was also the thing to land me a manager. Since then, I booked a national commercial. I've gone on to create a thriving voiceover career and signed with an agent all through these classes and programs. One on One Next Level has been the single most important thing that's influenced my acting career and life in so many ways.
0: I'm Neil. In the last year, I booked two co-stars and one top of show guest star on major TV series. I also shot my first lead in a feature film. In fact, I've hit 20 big milestones thanks to the connections that I've made in classes at One on One Next Level. The key has been getting in front of casting directors. And that's why I love One on One Next Level. If you're not a member yet, What are you waiting for? Every actor deserves face time with the people in the business who can move your career forward. And One on One Next Level can help you do that. Did you know One on One Next Level produces over 335 events and classes each month? Whether you join us in person or attend on Zoom, you can meet with A-list casting directors, filmmakers, TV showrunners, and executive producers, as well as agents and managers when you become a member. These days, it's harder and harder to get real face time with industry pros, but one-on-one next level makes it possible. To become a member, visit www.oneonononextlevel.com and click join. We can't
2: wait to hear your success story. And that's what you start to see is, oh, okay. Yes, this is a business of crazy, but you choose the levels. You choose what you tolerate. There's so many times where people are like, how did you not take that opportunity? I'm like, do you see what the strings are? To that opportunity, no thank you. No thank you. I passed on clients that were making money, literally handed me no thank you.
1: Can you give one? No, don't
2: give the client's name, but like a specific reason why you <laughs> said no thank you. I don't know if it's gonna, I'm sure it's gonna identify the, the client, but well, maybe not. I'll try to be very, very vague. Years ago, I had this very good looking client, beautiful, beautiful, probably one of the most beautiful actors, male or female. Trying to keep it big. I don't know. I mean, it's probably gonna I don't know, maybe this will be obvious or not, but add a couple of situations model, model. And so I'd said to the actor, like, you need to be in class, you need to you're getting some great opportunities. There isn't enough callbacks, there isn't enough forward movement, we need to figure out how to get more forward movement. And you're not strong enough yet to where you're gonna be able to book these things. Beautiful as you are, it's not enough. So on this client, on this client, at a certain point, I was like, oh, this person just doesn't like women. Can't, there was something there where I was like, I don't, and I'm a tough girl. So like, I'm never scared of anything really. And I said to the agent at that time, I'm like, I don't think this person likes women. And I don't feel like I'm able to effectively guide them because everything that I say is just... And so I was like, you know, I said to the client, I think you need a mail manager. And they went to a bigger company with mail manager. They ended up getting a, yeah, I can't say the series, but they ended up getting a series. And I was literally, I dropped the client and they were on buses. And, <laughs> That's and they got another series. And I was like, oh my God. And then maybe a year or two later, and it was actually, I was a one-on-one workshop. And the agent of the client, which it was rare at the time, and I've since said this to the agent, like, how did you trust me? And the agent dropped the client right after, right as I did, it was buses and everything. right as I did. Well, right. It was before the bus. Okay. And I was like, Oh God, Oh God. Oh God. And the client was in the news for beating. I'm trying to keep it very, but beating Their significant other, and I think is still in court over it, and it happened multiple times all over teams, all over. And she said to me at one on one, "She goes, how did you know?" And I was like, "I don't know, I don't know." And I've had that feeling once, and then once again recently, where I met with a young actor, was on a soap. I had this meeting with this client, and also trying to keep it vague. Basically, I was told this client, you would get all the years of income from this soap. I was like, okay, soap money is not enough for me to put up with BS. So let me see what's, see what the issue. And there was just something about this client we had this meeting and I couldn't sleep all weekend. And I was like, there was something and nothing's happened yet. But I try to go with my gut because it really does. I think there's a lot of situations and there's been times where I've ignored my gut. And it's never been as bad as those two situations, but there's always kind of that needling thing where it's like somebody says something that's a bit too cocky where you're like, "Oh, that could be a problem because this is all about attitude. And it's hard because I think there's this belief that you have to come in and be confident. But sometimes that confidence bleeds over into cocky. And to me, that signals insecurity. To me, that's fake as shit. When I see that, I'm like, oh, no, thank you. You may book right away, but because there's a lot of actors, right, where they were A-list and then all of a sudden they're gone. And you see why, you see why. And it's almost never disappointed in the fact of, like, you see somebody and you're like, oh, where there's smoke, there's fire. A lot of times there's rumors. <laughs> it's yeah. usually somewhat true. And you think it's true from... The fact that they're always like that, or do you
1: think that as the ego gets larger because the success comes with it, then it really hits?
2: I'm still figuring that out because I feel like my list gets poached a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's these moments where I'm just angry and I'm, but I also have to think like, okay, if they're that easily poached, it's usually because there's an insecurity. It's usually because, oh, I need a bigger company. We don't get the jobs for people. (laughs) We provide the opportunities So I try not to let myself get caught up in like the short term, long term. I try to look at the long term and look at, okay, but you've had clients that have grown with you that have reached heights. So I try to kind of check. I worked with A-list brothers and there was a difference in the one that I kind of had a hand in developing and the one that, so I've noticed like. I was having a conversation with a rep the other day and I was like, you know, it's hard to basically, maybe you should be a little less honest. Maybe you should like be careful about being too honest. Cause I will, I'll say like, I'm always going to say it in a supportive way, I I feel, but I have to point out the problems because if I don't, then it just becomes, you just watch that actor flounder, right? And if you don't say something, but then there is this, thing. And I heard this quote, I think it was about relationships, but it was like, if your man is struggling, don't help him. And I was like, "Hmm." my feminist was like, what next are going. I was like, "Mm -mm." and then I said, because they're always going to associate you with their failures, with their struggles. And I was like, Oh my God, because you see relationships, right? Where as soon as someone hits it, they go for the younger model, the, and it's because it's easy. It's someone who makes them feel good, someone. But that's not lasting. That's not long term. Right. So for me, it's like I'm always, always going to be associated with the struggle, but I have <laughs> to be. I have to yeah, be, you have to be yourself. I have to be the bearer of bad news. I have to be because it's like it's like with discipline, right? With a kid, that's what I look at. I used to nanny. And I look at the same things that I did nannying or the same things I do as a manager. I have to be the one that's like, not gonna like this, but stop it. Go sit in the corner. Appreciate what you have. It's hard to do that because I know that they're, oh, okay. All right, I'm gonna remember when you told me these bad things. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it seems like people in this town, and actually I was gonna say this industry, but I, Having you know, work, working—it's this town. It's you know, there's um, almost they'd rather you be fake, knowing that you're fake, than like get getting the truth, and that prompts the reaction.
2: Not even this town. Yeah. Like, this world. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. This is a. And I sometimes feel like I'm like, oh, this is my. This is where I'm earning my grades. I have this feeling often of like, no one's ever told this person no. Nobody likes to hear no. But that's where the country girl in me comes out and is like, you know what? Life is tough. Yeah. Get over it. Everybody has to put up with it. Everybody has to look at themselves. And that's what's hard is you see that the people that kind of get through easy, they get there and everything's gone. And they're looking around like, how did I end up here? Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> i it out. I'll make you a map.
0: I have yeah. one last question. So Selena and I, were, were Facebook friends. Yes. We have different jobs, but I feel like we, we have the same, like, peaks of, it's like the 24-7 and the crazy and the whatnot. And something that really resonated with me that you posted, I think. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. If I can't okay. say, we can edit it no, out. It's I, think it was, I think it was, like, your birthday. And you, you posted just something about, like, really taking the time to, like, rejuvenate on your birthday. And that, like, I think there was something about, like, you know, you used to think that you had to, like, do something, but you were okay just, like being in your Zen space. And I feel like it's like such a kindred spirit with you because I'm the same way. Like I, I think we're very similar. Like we get strained from similar things and we really have to take a lot of effort to kind of
2: maintain our sanity. It's that same discipline where it's like, because I'm so used to customer service, right? I'm so used to being like, oh my God. I mean, there's times it's the weekend and I'm like, oh, I should, uh, stop it. You deserve a weekend. It's okay. It will wait till Monday. And it's like almost more work to not than it is to just, oh, just get it done. It eats away at your sanity. And so I am trying to take more moments of, I've had my company for almost 11 years now, and I haven't taken a vacation where I have not worked or had my phone out constantly or had to like, I'm now working on, okay, what can I do to provide myself a little bit more just calm so that I can preserve my energy so that I can come in smiling and mean it and really be present and have the energy to start new clients and to be excited and to maintain that because it really is important. So yeah, I'm I'm learning just uh, again. Always learning. Learning till I (laughs) die.
1: You are a real force. And I'm telling you, like as a manager, like if there's one manager we really wanted to have come in today, it is you and for the reason of your spirit. So Brian and I both
2: just feel the same way about you. You're just off the charts. Back at you. You guys know, I'm always like anything for you. What do you need me to do? Yes.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done it yet, grab the backstage pass. You've gotta get the backstage pass. There's behind the scenes footage. We've taken the biggest takeaways from the episode and written them down for you. There's also tools and resources to help move your career forward. It's the easiest way to turn this podcast into a tool for your career, as opposed to something you just listen to as you're doing the dishes.